coming up on The Potter's Touch. It is not the word of the Lord in your mouth that's going to save me. It's the word of the Lord in my mouth that's going to... As a man, so is... I cannot step into the future and still think in my past. I cannot let the rumors and the stain of what they said about me destroy my opportunity. God, who am I preaching to? Hey everybody, it's exciting to have this opportunity to share the word with you today. The message is, this is your opportunity. There's nothing like an opportunity. It's the greatest thing God could ever give anybody and he has given it to you. I don't want you to miss it. So stay tuned for the word of God. This is your opportunity. He had had some of the greatest failures you could ever imagine moral failures, character failures, bad choices, bad decisions, fell in love with somebody else's wife and wanted her so bad he had them killed to get her. And she is now pregnant. And we find David praying after the word has been delivered to him from Nathan saying that God has pronounced death over the child. David is trying to reverse the curse. And we find him at the intersection of life asking God to fix it. David knows that God is merciful. He has experienced the mercies of God over and over again. He's seen God forgive you. could not beat David for repenting. David is one of those people that get in so much mess that you don't know what they're going to get into next. And you get ready to just knock them out. But they repent so good you can't. David, David would fall out in the floor and cry until there was a puddle of mud up under his feet and you'd have to just drop your arms and say, oh, all right, David, don't you, don't you do that anymore. But this time when he prayed, there was no answer. And so he lay flat out on the floor. The mighty man of valor who brought giants to their knees is now laying flat out on the floor, face down in the dirt, in the presence of those who follow him. How are the mighty fallen? It's one thing to be on the ground and stay on the ground, but it's another thing to be up and fall to the ground. To have once had it and lost it, to have once known it and can't find it, to have touched it and can't taste it, is a painful thing. He came so close to rising up and now the mighty king of Israel lay flat down on the floor, head in the dirt, crying before God for seven days, seven days. He's crying out to God, working feverishly without food or water. He fasts for seven days, facing the dirt, asking God to somehow, somehow save this nameless baby. Save this baby. Now, now we, we have seen people cry for babies before, but David is the first man to my recollection in all of the scriptures that we see crying over a baby. 
We've seen Hannah cry over a baby. We've seen Rachel cry over a baby. We've seen Mary cry over a baby, but we have never seen a man fall out and cry for a baby he has not seen, not met, not touched, not even named, and he is on his face crying for the baby. The man cried. The big man cries for the little baby. God saved the baby. Oh, at the stress of seven days crying out before God, it's real hard when you're trying to save something that God is trying to kill. It takes a lot of energy and a lot of work to resuscitate something that God is trying to terminate. Oh, God, keep it going. And God says, no, I'm trying to get it. And before you disrespect him, it is hard sometimes when you're at the intersection of your life. There's some things that come along that knock you to your knees. The preachers up here might not tell you, and the preachers down there might not tell you, and all of your heroes might not tell you, but every great man and great woman goes through a time in your life that something knocks you to your knees and makes you doubt yourself, and you wonder, Lord, is this a big one? Will I ever come back from this? I wish I had a witness of somebody who knows what it is to go through something that you say, I know this is the big one. I'm coming home, living. He wonders, he wonders, will he survive this? He is praying to keep something that God is trying to take. But don't be too hard on him. He is not alone. He is not alone. The apostle Paul prayed for something that God was not going to do. Take this thorn from my flesh. Three times he prayed. God said, I'm not going to take it. I'm going to give you grace to carry it. What do you do when you are asking for something that's going this way and God's answer is going that way and you're trying to save what God is trying to kill and you're trying to keep what God is trying to take? Don't, 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 don't judge him. Don't judge him because even Jesus went to the garden alone and said, Father! If it be thy will, pass this bitter cup. I don't want to go through. I don't want to go through this to get to where you're trying to take me. I don't want to go through this. I want to know you're a healer, but I don't want to be sick. I want to know you're a way maker, but I don't want to be in a jam. I want to know that you're a provider, but I don't want to be broke. I want to have a great testimony and a strong anointing like the people I see up front, but I don't want to go through the hell that they went through to have that power. No, let me buy it in a bottle. Let somebody shake me down with oil, grease me up like I'm a pizza KFC chicken. I don't want to pay the price. Be I will pass this bitter cup from me. Is there a way I can be what I need to be without going through what I got to go through? Is there a way that I can come to power without going through this terrible moment? And David is wrestling, and it is the worst kind of fight. 
David was good at fighting external fights. Give him a giant, he'd kill it. Give him an army, he'd destroy it. Give him a soul, he'd handle it. But what do you do when your greatest enemy is not out there? Oh, I wish I had some real people that would admit scared of you I will fight you every day but the fight that threatens to kill me is when I have to fight not how do you win the fight when the enemy is in me he's fighting the fight of his life with his face down in the dirt because the real battleground is in your mind. It's never in your circumstance. It's always in your head. You can be mighty in your circumstance and be many mouse in your head. You can have advice for everybody else's situation, and when it comes to your own, you can't get it together to save your life. You can tell everybody else what they ought to do, and then go home and eat dirt because you can't figure out. If it was a Goliath, I'll kill it. This is the battleground. It's not a geographical location. It's not debt. It's not money. It's not haters. It's not enemies. It's not liars. It's not backbiters. That's not the battleground. Stop wasting your weapons on what people say because it is not what they say about you that matters. It is what you say about you that threatens your destiny. You will never be defeated by what they say about you. You will be defeated by what you say about you. Why is David crying over this child? He is the only man we see in scriptures crying over a baby. Perhaps the truth lies in the fact that some historians suggest that David's own birth was questionable. That when he says, in, in sin did my mother conceive me. I was born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Some suggest that he said that because Jesse looked at him and said, mama's baby. Could it be possible that the questionable shadow over David's life might be the reason why Jesse does not readily point to him as one of his sons when Samuel comes looking for somebody to be king. Could it be that it is more than his stature? Could it be that, that Jesse wasn't really wasn't really sure about him and why do we have this mighty man of valor crying over a baby if he did not see himself yes, sir. in the baby. Yes, sir. And don't you really work twice as hard to save people who are troubled with your kind of trouble? You are energized and motivated to fight 
for people who remind you of you. No wonder David is laying on his face eating dirt saying save the baby because he relates. Perhaps he relates to the baby himself. And for seven days he would not eat. And all the men around him came and saw him eat dirt. And the Bible says that they tried to raise him up but he would not be raised. Have you ever been so low that nobody could raise you? Nobody could lift you. Nothing they said, nothing they did, nothing that they proposed to you made things any better for you because you were going through a personal hell and they didn't understand that what you were trying to save is something that you are related to, connected to. Sometimes your history determines the fierceness with which you fight against what is in front of you. Oh, it's awful quiet in here tonight. And there he is, and the man thinking in his heart. So as he, the Bible says, we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, a new mind. What I'm trying to tell you, beloved, is that you can buy a new car, but if you put the old man in a new car, you're still gonna have the old experience. I'm telling you that a new house doesn't make a new marriage. I'm talking about a new outfit doesn't make you a new person. And if you think that when the clock strikes 12, you are magically gonna be a new person, I hate to be the bearer of bad news because new life doesn't come by the ticking of a talk on a wall. A new life comes from a new mind and a new way of looking at your life. I cannot step into the future and still think in my past. I cannot let the rumors and the stain of what they said about me destroy my opportunity. God, who am I preaching to? If you can kill it in your head, you can kill it in your life. But if that thing is still living in your head, it's gonna still be living in your life. If you're still bitter in your head, you're gonna be bitter in your life. But if something flips in your mind and you say, wait a minute, devil, it is over. Forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching to those things which are before me, slap somebody and say, I gotta get it behind me, I gotta get it, I gotta get it behind me, I gotta get it. Ladies, I'm so excited to have this opportunity to tell you about the Woman Thou Art Loose Masterclass. If you're a woman that's upwardly mobile in corporate America, in the church, in the kingdom of God, or you're opening a business, you're finding yourself with new levels of stress, pressure, and demands, I want to give you a masterclass opportunity. I'm bringing the best of the best from every arena to come into one space just to train you, sharing their story, helping you to evolve into the woman you were created to be. Seats are limited. It will not be overwhelmingly huge. I'm gonna have it right here at the Potter's House. When I'm out of room, I'm out of room. But if you're a woman on a mission and you need to be mentored and you need to see a model of what's next, whether it's in entertainment, in business, in entrepreneurial pursuits, or whether it's evangelistic or pastoral or first lady, it's a woman hour loose masterclass and it's got your name on it. Do not miss this limited opportunity.
So they started whispering. They started whispering. What? He's dead. Don't tell David. He's already flipping out. We've done everything that we normally do to raise him up. It hadn't worked. We said all the things we normally say to lift him. It has not worked. Somebody in here, you're used to being in trouble and normally you do certain things and it fixes it. This time it's not working. The people who normally come to your rescue, they didn't come. The things that normally lift you up, they didn't come through. Oh, I'm talking to somebody tonight. The things that normally give you power and passion, they didn't come through. What do you do when what normally works doesn't work? We, we tried to lift him, but we couldn't lift him. And now we hide the truth from him because we don't think he can handle the truth. So, don't tell him that the child is dead because he's really going to flip out if he finds out that bad has gotten worse. He's tripping over bad, and if we tell him bad has gotten worse, he's going to go absolutely bananas. But the Bible said that while they were whispering, David looked up and saw them whispering, and it said, and, they, and he perceived. He perceived that the child was dead. Perceive means his mind, in his mind, he sensed that the child was dead. And that's what changed everything. Your perception has everything to do with how this year is going to work. It is not what you perceive about me. It's what I perceive about me. <laughs> I don't, I don't need you to come prophesy. Yeah, I said unto thee by four o'clock, shut up. It is not the word of the Lord in your mouth that's going to save me. It's the word of the Lord in my mouth that's going to. As a man, so is. And here, here it comes. The child is dead. And what blew their mind? was his reaction. It did not blow their mind that the child was dead. It was the king's reaction to the child being dead that blew their mind. See, he was on a downward trajectory. He had collapsed. He had fallen on the ground. He had stopped eating. He had rent his garments. He had cried and screamed. The logical next step for him going down was to go further down than he was before. What makes this text radiate is that for no logical reason, in spite of natural evidence, in spite of the stench of death, 
in spite of his childhood insecurities, in spite of the odds being stacked against him, what makes this text powerful is when everybody around him expected him to give up and die. Suddenly, I prophesy. I suddenly, oh God, I feel like preaching. Y'all better stop me. I prophesy a suddenly. Flop your neighbor and say suddenly. I know they're betting against you. I know they said you'd never get up. I know they said you'd never go on with your life. I know they said you'd never be nothing. But the Lord sent me here to tell you tonight, the devil is alive. Just when they dug a grave for you, God's about to turn everything around. Somebody turn around right now. God is about to turn it around. You're about to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want you to take 30 seconds and give God a crazy praise. Praise him like it's about to turn. Praise him like the devil is a liar. Praise him like you're coming out with the victory. Praise him like you're about to make a U-turn. I can't hear you. Give the Lord a crazy praise right now. Run over to somebody and tell them, this is my year. I'm gonna turn it around this year. This is my year. Devil, you're a liar. You tried to kill me. You tried to destroy me. You tried to drive me crazy. You left me eating dirt. But the devil is a liar. I'm back. 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 Tell your neighbor I gotta give God a praise for resurrection. I got my joy back. I got my fight back. I got my praise back. Find you somebody that's making a U-turn. Take them by the hand and say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Give him a praise right now. Just throw it behind you. The more they throw on you, 
throw it behind you. And every time you throw it behind you, God will raise you up. Tell your neighbor, throw it behind you. Thank you so much for joining me today. The biggest battle you'll ever have to fight is the one in your own mind. You cannot be defeated by what the enemy says about you. You can only be defeated by what you say about yourself. Don't go another day being your own worst enemy. Change the way you think by coming into agreement with God's word. God said you are the head, not the tail. You are more than a conqueror. You are co-heir with Christ. Once you change how you think, it will revolutionize what you see in yourself. Just before I go, I want to take another moment and invite you to connect with me by joining the Global Partner Systems. GPS allows us to bring the gospel to homes, communities, and prisons around the world. We are an army, and the world is our battlefield. To join us is simple. Just text the letters GPS, any giving amount you so choose, to 28950. You can also visit us at tdjpartners.org. Thank you, and God bless you. God will use your opposition to accomplish His purpose because your time is now. The real battleground is in your mind. It's never in your circumstance. It's always in your head. For your gift to the ministry of any size, you will receive Bishop Jake's critical message, This Is Your Opportunity, on CD, and these seven cards reminding us of God's promises. God will hide your greatest moments in a mess. Anything can happen at any time, and yet he'll let you just slide right And when your gift is $100 or more, we will add the Your Time Is Now series on USB, as well as these attractive hot and cold tumblers. I can walk through danger. This is not an opposition. This is an opportunity. A new life comes from a new mind and a new way of looking at your life. Say goodbye to shoulda, woulda, coulda, because your time is now. If you're in Canada, visit us online or call to order your digital downloads today.
Feel free to reach out to us on social media and share your story of how God is impacting your life. We look forward to seeing you next time on The Potter's Touch.